Hot 1027. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Good morning, beautiful people of God. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona on Hot 1027. And a blessed Easter to all of you and those you love and pray for. Of course, on Easter there's always a story, and I read one I just had to share. A priest and his family were invited to an Easter dinner at the Smith's house, one of their parishioners. And Mrs. Smith was well known for her brilliant ability to cook. Everyone was excited, and as the food arrived, the priest's son started to eat, without waiting for grace. His embarrassed father said to him, Peter, wait for the grace. I don't have to, said the five-year-old. And his mother said, of course you do, we always say grace at our house. And Peter said to her, well, that's at our home, Mom. Mrs. Smith cooked this, and she knows how to cook. So now on a serious note, of course, today, it's been a build-up through Holy Week, and we celebrate Easter together, the resurrected Lord and the freedom that we inherit through Jesus' death and resurrection. And of course, we celebrate the fact that we inherit eternal life and we are sons and daughters of the living God. And so we have a whole lot to celebrate today. But before we do, I want to go through some of the stories that we share during Holy Week, because I always battle on Easter Sunday to say, which which reading should I pick? What should we focus on? And I think there's so many rich readings throughout the week that I want to look at all of them. So let's start with Palm Sunday. Last week, I talked about Palm Sunday and I spoke about the expectations and how God always shows up even when God's life is in danger and of course Jesus knew his life was in danger as he went into Jerusalem and I spoke about the problems with expectations because the problem is when they're not met then we feel huge disappointment and usually anger and we will take that out on someone and we may be so focused on that expectation that perhaps even fixated on it that we miss other blessings sometimes much more important ones. And an example is Jesus. The people wanted a warrior Messiah to set them free from Roman oppression. But of course, Jesus brought a hundred other blessings through his death and his resurrection. Now at St. Mark's, we start on the Monday of Holy Week with a tenebrae service, which is a service of shadows and light, just to move us into that deeper space through the week. On the Tuesday, we have our Passover meal, reminding us of Jesus' last few hours before his crucifixion. And of course, on the Thursday, we have the foot washing, stripping of the altar, and we keep watch through the night with Jesus, reminding ourselves that Jesus asked his disciples to keep watch with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and they kept falling asleep, and he was so disappointed. So we feel it's important to keep watch with him. And so I hope that in your Holy Week celebrations, you've had some of these, because they're all so important, and they all help us to really appreciate what Jesus went through and what it is that we're celebrating on Easter morn. And I'm going to look at just a few of them in more detail in a moment. But first, on the mighty hot 107, Jesus Christ is risen today. And because of that, you and I can celebrate. Enjoy. Hot. Hot 1027. Jesus Christ is risen today on Hot 1027. Good morning. If you've just joined me, a happy and blessed Easter to you and your loved ones. You're listening to Sunrise with Shona. I've been looking at the build-up to Easter and speaking about all the things, the rich scripture that we share and the stories we share of Jesus before we actually celebrate Easter Sunday. And I want to briefly now look at the foot washing. If you've never attended a foot washing, washing service, I really would encourage you to do so. It is for me one of the most humbling experiences and one of the most powerful. I remember a few years ago, probably about eight years ago when my council were at loggerheads with each other, luckily not with me, 
I just put them all in the lady chapel that we have at our church and I put them in a circle and I walked in with a bowl of water and a towel and soap. And I didn't say anything except please take off your shoes. And I just started at the door and I started washing everyone's feet. I could not believe the change that took place within that room, within the people and the the positive way in which that meeting then ended. Now, in Jesus' day, foot washing was just as important, but it was done by slaves, not by the servants, because people's feet were actually so dirty, and certainly not by the teacher, the prophet, the healer, and the person who was heading up that meal. Now, of course, we know, as I said, the feet weren't that clean, and the reason they weren't that clean was, one, they didn't have access to running water like we do, and they walked barefoot or in sandals all the time, and it was long walks. So those feet were dirty and sweaty. In John's Gospel, in chapter 13, they're actually in the middle of a meal when Jesus gets up, takes off his outer clothing, wraps a towel around his waist, pours water into a basin, and starts washing his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel around his waist. When he comes to Simon Peter, and we've got to love Simon Peter, Simon Peter says, No, Lord, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus answers, Unless I wash your feet, you have no part with me. It's important for us to realize that while we are called to serve God, we also need to allow God to minister to us. Simon then wants his whole body washed, and we know that Jesus says, no, that's not necessary. And he ends the lesson with these words. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asks his disciples. Do you understand what I've done for you? And I sometimes want to ask that of all of us. Well, myself too. Do I understand what Jesus did on the cross for me? And he goes on to say, Now that I, the Lord, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done. Now, I sympathize with Peter. The first time I had to have my feet washed by a priest, I found it extremely stressful. I spent half the afternoon washing my feet. Now, as a priest, I wash many people's feet. We don't just pick a few in our congregation. Anyone who wants their feet washed can come forward. And I can honestly say, It is a privilege to wash people's feet. It is humbling. And it also just makes me aware of the deep, um, I don't know, the deep connection you have with people when you wash their feet. And it's a humbling experience for both parties. So as I wash the people's feet, I also pray for them, obviously. And I can just imagine Jesus sitting there praying for his disciples as he washed their feet because he knew what was coming. Now let's look at Jesus' words. I've set an example for you, now do it. What do those actually mean for us? Does it mean we have to literally go around washing people's feet? But what else could it mean? I think it could mean doing the shopping for someone who's ill, giving someone time and listening to them and actually being present for them, taking someone to hospital and perhaps helping them when they need their house cleaned or something like that. I know someone did that for me when I had my back surgery. They came and cleaned my house. There are so many ways we can serve other people and nothing should be beneath us. If Jesus could wash the disciples' feet, a job that was set aside for slaves, we can help others in whatever way we can. Coming up next on the Mighty Hot 1027, we have Hallelujah, one of my absolute favorites. And then I'm going to look at the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord. Enjoy. Hot one o two seven. Hallelujah on Hot 1027. You are listening to Reverend Shona from St. Mark's Anglican Church, and I do hope that you have a wonderful and blessed Easter. 
This morning I've looked at Palm Sunday, the foot washing, and now I want to look briefly at the crucifixion and the resurrection. I obviously don't have the time to do them justice. But I think sometimes we forget the agony of the cross. It was so cruel that Roman citizens were not allowed to be crucified, and eventually the Romans outlawed it as being too cruel. Now for Romans, remember, they had all those fun and games with people. They put wild animals and watched them being ripped apart, and they thought crucifixion was too cruel. So it was an unbelievably agonizing death that Jesus went through. Jesus was also flogged. He had a crown of thorns. Can you imagine the pain? I know that I prune roses and hate the the thorns going into me. Can you imagine that being pushed into your head? And as he's hanging there battling to breathe, he actually, instead of being angry or upset, he forgives those who are crucifying him. And in the midst of this unimaginable pain, um, he forgives others and he thinks about his mom and his disciple and he makes sure his mom will be okay. And all of this Jesus goes through because he loves us. He eventually breathes his last and the disciples' lives are turned into chaos. We know that they're not prepared at all, even though Jesus has spent ages preparing them. They are fearful for themselves. In fact, probably terrified would be a better word. They are confused about what has happened to their leader. How is this possible? They are devastated. Jesus is then buried and they go into hiding because they're worried about the Roman authorities saying, you next. Mary, we are told, gets up early on the first day of the week, while it's still dark, and she goes to the tomb, and she finds the impossible to be true. The stone, and remember this was a huge stone in front of the tomb, probably weighing a ton, has been moved aside, and the tomb is empty. She does what all of us should do. She races back to share with the other disciples, and I think as a Christian community, sometimes we forget the power of collective prayer and journeying together. And she says to Simon Peter and the disciple Jesus loved, probably John, and tells them that the tomb is empty. They race back to the tomb ahead of her, and they go into the tomb, and they find it as she has said. They find that tomb empty. We are told they still don't understand that he is risen from the dead. Mary remains outside the tomb, and then she looks in, and she encounters two angels, and actually Jesus himself after that. But because of her grief, and how we get back to expectations, and her own expectation that Jesus is definitely dead, she did not expect to see Jesus risen from the dead, she does not recognize him until he calls her by name. Now what do I learn about this? What could this teach us in the midst of what we're going through? Pandemics, wars, poverty, floods. What can we learn in this resurrection story? And I think I want to go back to the disciples. They thought all was lost when Jesus was killed. And yet the resurrection came out of that. And I think one of the things we need to hold on to is that good will prevail and God will work all things together for the good of those who love him. And so we need to hold on to that truth and we need to hold on to that hope and we need to make sure that we are agents of bringing about that change. I also believe life is full of many crucifixions. We sometimes fall or fail or mess up and there is always a resurrection. We need to remember that. Our expectations, our disappointments, our grief can blind us to God's presence. Remember, Mary didn't recognize her Lord. Sometimes when we're in deep grief or when we're truly anxious, we can't feel God's presence, but we need to remember God is always present and God calls us by name. God knows each and every one of us. We also need to remember that because of the resurrection, just as that stone was rolled away, everything that separates us from God has been rolled away and we are able to connect deeply with God. And in the words of scripture, and I'm going to end with these today, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will never die, but will have eternal life. So today, in the midst of all that is going on, let us pause and celebrate the amazing, wonderful, sacrificial thing that Jesus did for us on the cross, and he's rising again, and how powerful our God is, that we, that God could overcome all death and all sin through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God allowed Jesus to go through that for you and for I. And so there is a lot we can celebrate in the midst of whatever it is we may be facing. I pray that God will bless you and those you love and pray for. I pray that in the midst of all of this, you will remember God's love and God's presence. And so I hope that you have a wonderful day and a good week. To wrap up this morning, we have holy, holy, holy and jars of clay. I hope you enjoy them. Amen and thanks for listening. Hot 1027.